Okay, about duality. Would meditating in loving-kindness, or what is considered good or wholesome, create the opposite? Since from what I understand, because we create good, then we also create evil. Kind of like um, how every time you create a a positive ion, what, what is this that physics says when you when you create matter, it also creates antimatter. Is that sort of the the idea here? Um, interesting question. I mean, that would kind of suggest, in a general sense, that when you create wisdom, you also are creating ignorance, which I don't think is the case. Um, no, change occurs, right? If you just look in the physical realm, they say it's all just energy, but it's changing its form. Uh, so, it's not to say that when when you create one type of energy, or one formation of energy, you're also creating its, its opposite, except maybe there is something called antimatter, I'm not sure. But the same, the same really goes for the mind. You, you, you change the nature of the mind, and so practicing loving kindness changes the layout of the mind. It doesn't create more hate in the mind. Uh, it, it changes the mind to be less uh, hateful, less spiteful, less reactionary. It's, it goes the same with the last question about. Um, memories associated with, with physical pain. That, that's a change that occurs in the mind. It's the habit of the mind. So the idea of practicing loving-kindness daily is that it creates a, a habit of being loving, of being kind. The, the, there, there, are, there are several other things that can be said about this. One is that loving-kindness often simply represses negative feelings. Loving-kindness itself isn't enough to destroy anger. It can, it can affect the mind and make the person uh, less prone to anger. But because it doesn't affect delusion, it, the, the best it can do is, uh, well, well, at least in the short term, can, to suppress the anger to suppress our responses. So when we feel angry and then we, we, we cover it up with loving-kindness, we haven't removed the causes of getting anger, angry. And so we, rather than developing um, a core sense of, of being a loving, kind individual, or a core habit, we're creating the habit where uh, of reacting to anger. No? When we get angry, cover it up with love. When we get angry, cover it up with love. And that can, can has the potential to balloon. If you're not pra also practicing insight to see clearly and to destroy the roots of getting angry in the first place, which, which has nothing to do with love, the roots of getting anger are delusion, misunderstanding that somehow this is an entity that, like, for instance, with the memory, thinking, oh, this is me that experienced this in the past, and this is, is, is something. You know? And to see that it's just a thought that arises and ceases. Uh, so, uh, the, the root cause of, of, of the disliking is, is based on not seeing things as they are, not seeing that it's simply something 
arises out of nothing, disappears back into nothing. Uh, if you don't cut those off, then you can actually create a, a, a problem with loving-kindness, if that's your, your only meditation source. Um, it, though it eventually can change your habits, it uh, it it doesn't um, it doesn't get to the root, and so so the point being that sometimes you'll find people who are very kind and generous, and then suddenly explode. Uh, people who come to practice meditation, who have been practicing Buddhist Buddhism in a general sense and practicing basic meditation, they can be very kind and gentle, and then when they come to meditate, they get very angry and think, "Wow." this meditation is terrible, I should go back to this loving-kindness meditation, thinking that the meditation is actually bringing, or is actually creating the anger. But all it's doing is, is, is bringing it back to the fore. The only, th the only uh, example of how I understand that um, in some sense one state of mind can bring its opposite is with anger and greed, with liking and disliking. Um, and there was a question on the forum recently that I didn't answer or haven't answered yet, but I think that's uh, how I would answer this one. Some people think that everything is based on anger, right? Because you're, uh, you only want something because you're unsatisfied with what you have. But th you can turn the tables and say, you're only angry about things because you, you, you like certain other things. So in, in some sense, uh, greed and anger create each other. And the more greedy you are, the more prone you are to anger. This, I think, is borne out in meditation practice. You can see that you go from one to the other quite, quite uh, quickly, and that they, they do prompt each other. That is, that, that's why uh, craving is, is considered the cause of suffering. This is a really profound teaching. Think about in our society how 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 opposite we our thinking is. We think that wanting things is the cause for happiness, right? It's very difficult to understand how wanting things could be the cause of suffering. But basically what it's saying is because craving, liking certain things creates partiality, and partiality by definition has two sides. And so this is where I would say there is a duality with when you like things, you're setting yourself up for disliking, and disliking is the only form of, of true suffering. Um, the only mental states, the only jitta, the only minds that have suffering in them are the two anger minds. If you ever study the Abhidhamma, the only pain, the only mental suffering that can arise is associated with anger. That's what they're almost synonymous: anger and and and, and mental suffering. So, uh, what, basically, what the Buddha is saying is that craving, liking leads to disliking. He's he's actually saying that. And I no, there's anyway. The, the, in this way, we can understand that. There is a creation of a duality, is with partiality, but you don't do it with with all mind states. Otherwise, when you, as I said, when you create wisdom, you're also creating delusion. When when you um, change your mind in in one way, you're also somehow changing it in the opposite way. The only time that I can see it being applicable is with with greed and anger. So, I don't. So so basically, to answer your question, I don't think it's the case with loving kindness. 
why it might seem that way is because, as I said, with the repression, it's not dealing with the root causes of, of its opposite, of the anger. So people think, practicing loving-kindness and then suddenly I explode? What is this? It's because the cause of anger is not, not, not having, is not not having enough love, it's not having enough wisdom. So, um, the only way to really overcome the anger that's already in you is with wisdom. Um, what I found out in meditation is that uh, in the mind there can only be one thing at a time. So there, at least with my mind it is so, um, there can be either loving kindness or metta or there can be anger or uh, disliking. And um, the moments, the present moments in which I feel or uh, in which I experience the metta present or in which I feel the anger present can change, can alter very, very quickly so that um, it might appear that that one is mm -hmm. kind of coming together or almost at the same time as the other. Um, but actually it's just because the present moment is so short, um, it looks like that. Yeah, and you, that, that changes as you, you fall into meditation, right? If you're practicing intensely, after, after, intensively after some days, you, you're able to break it down and you're able to say, no, they're not leading to each other. They're actually coming from different sources. Mm. It's mostly inexact our inexact understanding is why psychology really hasn't gotten anywhere because it's, sorry, that's a terrible thing to say, but it's why we often run into very conflicting theories because they're based, what are they based on? They're based on lab results and, and they're based on nothing. The only way to really understand how the mind works is as the Buddha did, to go in and spend the time, you know, very scientifically, more scientific than most science, going moment by moment and documenting it years year after year you know as the buddha took lifetime after lifetime to to really understand how the mind works and uh, you know the different things that lead to different results so uh, it is ba basically and this this is you could say for so many different things why we come to these views is based on inexact understanding of reality, our inability to see things on a minute level, on a moment-to-moment -moment level. Hmm. Here Paul said, I don't necessarily think so. It, it hasn't, doesn't need to be like that. It's um, when you come to uh, equanimity, it is not like that anymore. Until then, until you find equanimity, it might be. But what he's up saying and down. is, with with liking and disliking, which I think is what I was saying. That, as far as I can tell, it is and it is the case. Mm. Liking and disliking do lead to each other. Mm. That's that's the only one I can think of that um, that could be considered to be a duality. But that's not your your original question was loving kindness and. Or, or wholesomeness and unwholesomeness, but see, liking and disliking are both unwholesome. They're they're, they're both this partiality. So, 
obviously the the, the goal to, is to become equanimous. And I, I've talked about this before because equanimous doesn't mean having no happiness or unhappiness, but it means having no liking or disliking. It doesn't mean you become a dull, it doesn't mean you become a, as Ajahn Chah I think said, yeah. you don't become like a buffalo. You know, that's not the equanimity we're looking for. Uh, equanimity means, you know, when you're happy, you know you're happy. When you're, I can't say unhappy, but when you have pain and stress, maybe even, uh, like like doing a lot of work and suffering a lot, then you're, you're you have no partiality there. Your mind is unperturbed and and invincible, really. That's the kind of equanimity we're looking for. So it it it, it totally preserves the range of experiences. The only thing it takes out is the liking and the disliking, and therefore takes out all suffering. <coughs>